Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You know what I want? <laughs> Not Samsung, Greg. Not Samsung. Not what? Not Samsung. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Outside Looking In, the podcast series where I talk to somebody from another market about their team and what they think about the Raptors because everybody, you know, we always want to know like, hey, what do you think about my team? Because my team is the one I care about and you aren't from here, so your opinion means more because <laughs> typically you know less, but hey, it's different and you're not biased, like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to get people who know more person who knows more today Aaron Edwards of course he is a writer with crooked media that's all caps take line show and a talker with locked on Phoenix Suns podcast and of course stand-up comedian to the stars we're talking beforehand getting more reps in doing the sets that's awesome I think everybody has like I haven't done stand-up but this is more probably like a dude's rock guys thing. But every guy is like, oh, man, if I could get on that stage, um, there's a reason people make jokes about it. But how you doing, man? I'm good. I've heard that a lot, though. Like, I just need to get on stage, dude. Like, and I've seen it go really, really bad. So everyone, I think one out of every like eight, it's good. So we'll just see. That's a pretty high ratio. One out of eight. Yeah. I feel like 12.5% is not so bad because, you know, a lot of people are funny. But they're yeah. funny in that kind of like you make witty references that everybody understands with your shared history yeah. of your friend group. And then I think some people, they get on stage and they're like, well, you guys don't know me or like we don't we didn't <laughs> do that funny story thing together. <laughs> yeah. yeah hmm. It's like, how do I find something universally funny? And then I think immediately it's like, you know, you go into a pool, you usually go like you take the steps down. So it's like three feet. I feel like yeah. going out to do stand-up comedy would be like it's 80 feet. Like you just walk into the ocean, except there's no <laughs> slight decline to the beach. It's just like you're there. Um, <laughs> I'm talking. Uh, the Phoenix Suns, Toronto Raptors, uh, not yes. stand-up comedy, in fact. There's one team that is an out-and-out contender. Like they And they just have to be. They're spending the money. They made the yeah, trades. They, <laughs> they got the, I don't know, the, the friendly – you know, backroom deals, it seems like, you know, they, they filled out their bench. And then you have the Raptors who, you know, they lost their point guard, signed the FIBA World Cup star, Dennis Schroeder, who's, you know, making yeah. a killing. I don't know if you watched the game uh, yesterday. There you go. Um, impressive, impressive performances from him. And they have a new coach who's being accused of salacious things. You know, he's in a lawsuit. Um <laughs> And uh, so there's there's a disparity there, but I I, I really want to know just off the off the jump, what do you think about the Raptors? That's what we're here for. <laughs> I think it's good to have Dennis Schroeder because especially in Canada, it's, 
you can make him think that it's still international ball, so he can still stay <laughs> Steph Curry. <laughs> and like most of the stuff I know about, I mean, we almost made a trade with Toronto. I mean, that's the probably the bigger thing is everybody's almost made a trade with Toronto, but you guys' <laughs> GM just won't do it. So that's probably you know the that- bigger thing that I know about Toronto is they always almost make the trade that they were talking about. <laughs> there's that um that wiki tips like it's that that white woman with the like the brunette you know yeah. bob and she's like the like making that face like i feel like that's toronto you know it's like playing hard to get you know oh i don't yeah. know who do you want to trade hmm yeah. it's um there's a lot of almost stories for toronto and that's also a lot of people think uh the reason for the litigious lawsuit as well is because of the the history of james dolan and masai Ujiri. i guess who knows? We'll see what happens with it. Um, I do want to ask: Are you are you up to date at all? Did you see the initial wave of like reporting on that? What do you think? No, I didn't even know there was a legal situation. Okay, <laughs> we, let me. Yeah, like this. Me, I've been so in the sun stuff. Like one day we're getting like Chris Paul is saying that he's not signing back with the Suns, and the next day we have Bradley Beal. So it's just been like a crazy <laughs> summer. <laughs> It's better that you're focused on that because that's actual tangible stuff. So I'll give you the the very quick rundown. So there's a scout who works for the Knicks. He eventually gets hired to work for the Raptors. He was was doing work like creating synergy playlists, like breakdown stuff like that for the Knicks. He ended up sharing that with the Raptors. Synergy oh, I is didn't a, see some of that. Yeah. Synergy is a third party company that basically has a collection of clips of NBA plays. It's not like very confidential. A lot yeah. of writers like myself were can you know, go into it. Yeah. Yeah. We're <laughs> just guys, you know? Yeah. And so anyway, that's the lawsuit. So yeah, you do know. Um, I guess we'll see what happens with that. Let's focus on the Bradley Beal stuff. Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, DeAndre Ayton. You know, this is etc. cetera, et cetera, you know, filling up the back end of, the bench contender, but like no point guard. How much, how much, you know, Bradley Beal playmaking did you watch in Washington, if any at all? I was watching more, but both, like I, I'm not worried about the Booker playmaking. And I think yeah. that's why they put that ranking out with him and Trey Young, where they had like the top two and potential assists in the NBA. So I think that Book was making the right passes and he's gotten a lot better at making the right pass. We just couldn't shoot the ball and we were in the bottom, like uh, bottom 10 and three point attempts. So I think just a bunch of dudes pumping off of good passes and then driving when book is kind of lining them up, isn't going to happen as much this year. So I could see him being a playmaker, but I said on Lockdown Suns, I'd rather the best shooting guard in the league be the best shooting guard and not have to play point guard. So I want Bradley Bill to show us if he can play me. It, it should be really interesting because both Bradley and Booker have done a really good job over the past three or four years going from, you know, shooting guard who is around like three, four assists per game to really getting closer to like each respectively six. And some of that's just the, the result of getting more possessions and running more of like, you know, if you run a pick and roll possession, you don't have to be a great playmaker because you're going to get an advantage and you just make the pretty simple read, especially if you're a great scorer, like those two guys. But I do think that there, especially with Booker and Beal a couple years ago, there were some like really impressive playmaking strides made, even with that said. And, you know, 
it's like the NBA is currently trying to like rid itself of a lot of these old school roles or these ideas about how basketball is supposed to be played per position. But even still, we haven't seen a team really like abandon the point guard position and go win a championship. But if there was a team to do it, it would be, you know, the team with Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant, and filling out with guys like Eric Gordon, Akogi, Damian Lee, uh, Eubanks, Utah Watanabe, Raptors fans love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, while this doesn't sound super impressive at the back end, <laughs> like the, the front end is kind of what makes it work. And I yeah. don't, like, <laughs> I don't know if I have an analogy for that, but I, like, what are your expectations for the disparity? Who do you think carries bench lineups best between the the stars? I think it's going to be like Suns. We had like a huge deal where Book would play the entire first and then play like long stretches of the second. And we just didn't have scoring. Like even like I said uh, like a while ago, like KD wasn't really with us long. So we still couldn't really get that bench stuff ready. So now I can see just Bradley Bill and Eric Gordon being like that second unit stuff. And we've never had scoring like that in the second unit. And we can fill stuff out from there. So I'm not really worried about like, I think Frank Vogel is going to find his seven or eight, like fairly quickly. Monty, he played around with that stuff a lot. And there were days you would see like Ish Wainwright play like nine minutes. So I don't think like Vogel is going to keep a leash that long with certain players. So I can already see like, um, I can't think of his name right now. I think the guy that we got from the Spurs is probably going to be the fifth starter. He talked with AZ Central about um, uh, Diop, uh, or you yeah, Bates, uh, Bates, Bates Diop. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can see just um, him just keeping a short leash with like big lineups, and but also trying to give KD the rest he's going to need to make it to May. I think that also the you don't want to be too much like the Nets, but the Nets before Harden, you had KD and Kyrie. And you had like the ball humming around like the playmaking wasn't a problem with that team. And Kyrie is Kyrie is a very good playmaker, but he's not leaps and bounds above both Booker and Beal. He's better than both of them. But as far as having every single person between KD, Bradley Beal and Booker is well above average as a playmaker. Well above yeah. average is well above average kind of undersells all of them as scores, to be honest. But <laughs> they're all like elite, elite scores. I just think there will be too many advantages. And the the reads will be so much simpler because you are all such talented scorers that the like point guard playmaking, yeah. it shouldn't be as big of a, you know, a bridge to, I guess, cross as far as that yeah. goes. But yeah, Vogel got asked that. Yeah. Well, no, got what asked he a couple of days ago because, of course, he's going to get asked, why don't we have a point guard? It was mm-hmm. like, we're going to run. We don't really need a point guard. We're just going to run off of pretty much everything. And that was kind of the knockoff the, with Chris Paul that Suns fans kind of got annoyed with is towards the end, we were supposed to start moving faster. He was supposed to shoot more threes. He was supposed to play off ball more. And he just never did it. <laughs> and we were still sort of later in the season getting into the offense with like 12 seconds left. And then just being late in the shot clock, like a lot of the times we were getting shots up. So I just like the pace that we're probably going to be playing at. We're just going to get them up. And that's just going to be fun to watch with the players. So, yeah. 
the yelling layup on the mid-range jumper wasn't as cute <laughs> for Suns fans by the end of it. <laughs> no, we were out on it. We were like, it were times where he would get like a steal on a fast break, and I'm like, there's no way he's making this layup. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, yeah, the Raptors. We'll switch it over. What a segue from me. Thank you. Yes. Um, <laughs> gonna, is this a <laughs> uh, I was thinking more so like running out in transition, but then there <laughs> there are a couple players in the Raptors who don't perform so well as far as layups in transition. Unfortunately, maybe it gets better going forward. But <laughs> the Raptors, I'm, I'll read you like the starting lineup may not include Dennis Schroeder. It might be now. I, I'm sure you don't have like the highest, you know, opinion of the shooting of Scotty Barnes, Jakob Pertl, and Pascal Siakam as three guys in a starting lineup. But that's gonna be <laughs> I, the front court. <laughs> I was I was willing to give y'all eight for Pertle at one point, so <laughs> I do not hate Pertle's game. <laughs> would you would you do Aiden for Pertle this year? Nah, I wanna see what Vogel can do with Aiden first, but Give me till like December. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's like the well, because Pirtle is a great just like slide in guy. Like he'll yeah. he'll find a way to make it work with with stars for sure. Um, yeah, that's the the placeholder deal, the almost trade <laughs> yeah. that uh, the teams. Do. <laughs> um, that'll be. I don't think either team makes that trade, but it's it's fun to like fan cast about it for sure. But regardless, the Raptors. They were, you know, re- aggressively 500 last season. They missed the playoffs. Fred VanVleet leaves. Nick Nurse gets fired. And they bring in Darko Rajkovic. They bring in the likes of Dennis Schroeder. They have Scotty Barnes. They have Pascal Siakam. They have OG Ananobi. A really great wing tandem. But they still have to be able to, to make it work offensively. They've been bottom five in half-court offense the past two years. I'm curious. Do you think there's beautiful basketball to be played in Toronto? What are your expectations? I think that you guys are so like long and rangy that the the half court offense is already out the window. You guys want to run. You guys want to stop people from scoring and off of rebounds push it with like Siakam. He's gotten really a lot better at ball handling. So like if you don't really need a guard if on transition, you got to do that big running down and usually making the right decision. So I like the way they played. It's just the scoring part. Like Van Vliet starts shot like a terrible percentage last year and he was still <laughs> getting them up. <laughs> so I think like, I like the base of what you guys have. That's why I was wondering like why you guys were kind of shopping uh, Ananobi, even though I kind of wanted him before the KD trade came up. <laughs> and I, I do like the size and just, you can see what Masai is going for. He wants to annoy you on defense and run. I think this is what I talked about and what I will talk about with most people is that this is a team that has to lead defensively. Like, of yeah. course. And so when you look at the roster, it's filled with still, even after a down year where people thought, okay, Vision 6-9 is over because Yaka Pertl is in there, and they kind of abandoned the idea of, okay, everybody comes together to play the big man position, which, you know, Yaka Pertl is like, I'm seven foot one, I'm the big man now, which yeah. is good. I quite like it. But you look at Jalen McDaniels, Pascal Siakam, Christian Coloco, Chris Boucher, Otto Porter Jr., Scotty Barnes, OG Ananobi, Precious Achua, even a guy like um, even a guy like Grady Dick who's six nine. It's just like or six eight maybe. 
it's a lot of length out there and length doesn't necessarily equate to really good defense but there is already quite a few known a couple elite defenders in there um if i said to try and guess their top their ranking as far as the defense by the end of season what do you think it might be um right i'd say 12 13 12 so yeah. this is i think that's their floor yeah i think i think <laughs> that it can get like much much better they were really good defensively with yaka Pirtle after the trade like one of the, yeah. i think the five best defenses oh. <laughs> and yeah we we learned things about that's the whole point yeah. of this podcast. I'm like, oh, Frank Vogel talked about this. Great. What what he say? You know, we're both we're both aggregating to each other right now. That's what this is. Um, but yeah, I think I think that like a top twelve, I could see them if things don't go yeah. as well as they'd like. There's a lot of size out there. Pascal is you know an above average defender, even though he had a down year last year. OG Ananobi is was all NBA for the first time last season even though and he's kind of been hovering around it scotty barnes was a plus last year and i think should keep improving or at least you hope and yaka while not being probably an all defense level center is close enough that he elevates every you know lineup he's in defensively and i'm just like when i see this team you talked about you guys aren't scoring the ball well it's true there's a reason that like it would have been nice if Fred shot the ball better, of course, but the team kept giving him the ball because they're like, <laughs> we're not creating a bunch of other stuff elsewhere. Yeah. Now, hopefully in the summer, guys added to their games, new offensive principles added by Darko will help, but they got to get stops. They got to get out and run. And I guess we'll see what that ends up doing. But it, it is encouraging to hear you say that you like the bones of the yeah, team I like because, it. Well, you can you can see why he built it. Like the conference, he's like, we're gonna have to play Giannis, we're gonna have to play Embiid, we're gonna have to play Boston. Like we need size because those teams aren't exactly small. So he had to build a big team for plans to make it to the playoffs. I'm sure like it won't look good every regular season game having to like struggle on offense, but be really good on defense. But when possessions get shorter in playoffs and Giannis is just bouncing the air out of the ball, just trying to put his shoulder in somebody. You need the bodies and you need size for that. I guess, yeah, that's... I Cart before the horse, I wonder. <laughs> because, like, you have to get there. I do... Yeah. <laughs> I, I hope I'm... Like, I hope I'm wrong. But I don't think the team will be very good this year. I hope I'm wrong. I think that would be awesome. And if they are good this year, I think it means that they're, there's a couple guys who are playing much better as far as creation on ball. I think that the defense will be really, really good. And if they do get to the playoffs, that's kind of been there. Even though they didn't make it last year, that was what every Raptors fan was telling themselves was, oh, if they don't want to see us in the playoffs because we have all these rangy, you know, wing defenders. The year before, you guys annoyed the Sixers. Like, and I mean, Embiid wasn't exactly like healthy, but you guys annoyed the hell out of them. And I think that's what, beside plans for it's just to annoy people with your size once the playoffs start that's and that's like that's an interesting place to be as a team for a little while but at some point you want to transcend like the annoying team and you want to be the better team you know what i like yeah it's good to be like the annoying team against the teams that are viewed as better but the raptors used to be the just the better team for like years and years and years they were in the top half of the conference 
even over the past, I don't know, decade or 12 or 13 years of basketball, it would be like the Warriors and the Raptors as yeah. far as, and I guess maybe the Clippers as far as most games won. But it's um, it's an interesting it's an interesting team makeup. I wonder, with back to the Suns, DeAndre Ayton, you you talked about wanting to trade him, but the front court is his. Like he's yeah. he is for periods of time, an all star level big. If he has a like a really big season. It completely changes the complexion and the makeup of the team. I'm curious what you think he's going to be able to do under Vogel. I think if he changes what he considers a big season, <laughs> because I think that um, he's not going to get the touches. Like that's just not how it's going to work. Uh, KD, when he first got here, he made it like he made an effort to get eight in the ball early in games. Like KD wasn't shooting a lot in like first quarters and like second halves because he was just feeding eight in the ball because he was just trying to keep the big happy. Because you can already tell that uh, Aiton was wondering where he where his place was in the team. I don't know if he's going to go out of his way to do that next year. I think that the vocals just going to be like be the anchor on defense. Sometimes I'm going to ask you to squit, switch, but I need you to guard the rim. And he got blocks. He's finally blocking shots in, like, FIBA, and he was stealing the ball. Like, he was way more aggressive. So I think that if he can change what he thinks success is and just becomes that, just a really good rim protector that can just catch the balls on really open pick and rolls and score, then he's going to have a great season. I That is – he's very talented. He's also – the thing he's been placed into like because of the fantastical offensive capabilities of the Suns, especially the starting lineup, he's kind of placed into like this this garbage man role, like wheel greaser. Like you gotta yeah. set the screens, you gotta clean up offensive possessions by banging on the glass, like roll, drag in the tag so we can run that action on the weak side, like keep yeah. the offense humming through all this stuff. And you look at what he came up doing, it's like get the ball here 14 feet like you know little finesse game face yeah. up all this kind of stuff that he wants to do but his most success like when they made that run to the finals a lot of what made them viable was that he d- moved away from that and had a little bit more buy-in defensively and to kind yeah. of like grind on offense and i w- what do you think made him move away from that because he did have that buy-in for a short amount of time I think it was a mixture of just the beef he had with Monty and Chris Paul and just once you're beefing with the top guys and you're not, it wasn't when the fans were kind of turning on you too. Like I think once all that stuff added up and he just couldn't bounce back from it. Cause there was some, it was like a stretch where he would go like 20 points, 20 rebounds, and then we'd be on the side again and then he'll disappear the next game. And it was just a consistency. And I think having, just Chris Paul walk the ball down and just point at a spot and just be like, set a screen, set another screen, set another screen. And he just kind of got annoyed with that. And I think that um, he's just going to be in a lot more open space. Like this is going to be the most space he's had having Chris Paul on the floor. wasn't exactly easy for him. Like everybody knows Chris Paul isn't going to shoot the open jumper. So they were able to just kind of sit back on him and just wait it out. I think, that just having the spread out offense that we're going to have is going to be a lot open for him. He's going to get switches he wants, and he's going to have to actually abuse those switches because that was another beef we had. He just wouldn't score on guards whenever he got that switch. And if he comes into the season with that kind of aggression and knowing he's not going to get that many touches, 
So he uses the ones that he has to his advantage. Then yeah, like he's gonna have a great season. It should be it should be exciting. But yeah, the, like you get a switch early seals on wings and guards. Put the shoulder down. Like no no fade. Don't no fade. fades. <laughs> no <Those> fades. <laughs> I I've. I've watched like I probably watched about like eighteen or twenty Suns games, which is a lot for an out of market yeah. guy last season. <laughs> so I'm like fairly familiar with a lot of the games, but I also am on Twitter and saw like the clipped like a lot of people were like, "Why are you fading?" On it's it's a popular <laughs> sentiment, but he, he fades on switches a lot. <laughs> yeah, Frank Vogel though is as far as like coaches who are known for things. Coaches are known for things, yes, but he's known as a like a big man whisperer. Yeah, like that's he, he's he's been able to get a lot of stuff out of bigs um, in the past. You know, even a couple All Star years out of Roy Hibbert. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Do you remember the I Roy mean, Hibbert era? Verticality, man. <laughs> he brought in verticality. <laughs> you know what's the crazy thing? Jonas Valanciunas was on the Raptors at that point in time, and because Roy Hibbert was just like the big bastard who stands straight. Yeah, the, like the Raptors you got paid like, a lot of money for standing straight. The Raptors went to Jonas Valanciunas, who was like this dynamic Lithuanian, you know, big they had just drafted who could yeah. do like a lot of stuff. And they're like, you need to put on 40 pounds and be like Roy Hibbert. And it just completely <laughs> derailed the start of his career. And then eventually he ended up shedding the weight and like finding his yeah. game and everything. But before that, they're like, no, like you need to go gain 40 pounds and become White Hibbert. And it just... It was so bad, man. The Hibbert era was a crazy era. I can't the believe it. era was really crazy. That, like, that Pacers team was cool. <laughs> yeah, they I were just, fun. Yeah. They, were, they were really good on defense. And Paul George, that was, like, what I probably liked them the most. But, yeah, like, the verticality thing and them almost taking Miami to, like, the end is really, really crazy to think about now. <laughs> yeah. Game sevens, man, with Miami. That Miami team, super impressive. Yeah. But, yeah, fingers are crossed for Aiton. Um, a lot of Raptors fans, a lot, hmm, some Raptors fans wanted to target him, you know, yeah. in a trade. Some people wanted it to be, you know, OG, not that many. And then other guys, you know, every team is like, we have like four guys at the end of the bench that other teams want and we get yeah. a really good player back. Um, there's there's kind of that going around. I mean, but, that's what we did um, to the Wizards. <laughs> <laughs> that was such a weird trade. It lasted like 42 days. It was like yeah. stuff kept getting added to it. Everybody's like <laughs> that. I that was my reaction. I was like, "That's what they traded for Beal." Like, yeah, I was like, "Chris Paul and Shannon? I was like, "What the hell?" And I then, like, I that was what Suns fans were. We were like, "We didn't want them anyway." <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of. Um, I remember I was doing a landscaping job when the Kawhi Raptors trade came through. Yeah, and I was like, and I saw that they had traded. For Kawhi, it was like, I don't know, six in the morning. I was driving to the site and I was like, what the? wait, I wasn't, sorry, no, no texting and driving, nothing. I had, <laughs> had parked and was looking. And so I saw and I was like, oh, we traded for Kawhi. What the hell? I was like, I bet, I can't imagine who went. I was like, it must be like OG, Pascal, Jakob, and Damar. And then I th- saw so it was Damar and Jakob. And I was like, wait, that's all? <laughs> and we got Danny yeah. Made no sense to me. <laughs> Um, yeah, it was kind of the opposite with the KD thing because um, it was Super Bowl weekend in Phoenix and I'm at Colin Coward's Super Bowl party. <laughs> so it's like a bunch of famous people there, like Shannon. I was just talking to like Mina Kimes and like all those people. And wait, I'm, you like, and Shannon? Only... 
Two jack huh? dudes having a conversation. <laughs> there you go. And then so like I'm getting uh, I'm like charging my phone because it died. So I can like call my Uber and I start it up and I just get a Twitter notification from Woj like immediately. <laughs> and my friend Josh, he does a pod too, uh, the dime. He had already left, but he sprints back. And I'm seeing that KD got traded as he's sprinting back to me. <laughs> and we're just like, I'm like. Cameron Dunner is officially, and I was like, wait, what? And then Josh is in front of me. <laughs> and he's like, dude. <laughs> and we're just going nuts in Colin Coward's party, like jumping up and down. Everybody's like just drinking and looking at us. Like, and I'm like, none of these people were looking at their phone. None of these people know Kevin Durant is the son. And I just go, Kevin Durant is the son, people. <laughs> it was like super nuts. Like I was a little bit buzzed at Colin Coward's party and Katie got traded to us and I was not being chill about it. <laughs> it was the, it was the guy in the corner meme. You know, yeah. none of these people know Kevin no, Durant as his yeah. son. Yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. Um, as far as to go Raptors, just to end the podcast, is there anything else that interests you about this team? As far as like you like the bones, there's there's a lot to like on the Raptors. There's a reason fans of other teams are constantly putting like Raptors players in trades. There's there's yeah. guys to like there, but is it? Are, do you have any other thoughts on the team before we get out of here? Will Masai ever just pull the trigger on something or is he just going to be the new Danny Ainge? Like, I just want to know if he's ever just going to do it. I mean, the Kawhi trade is, I think he kind of used all of it on the Kawhi trade because he's like, I only got him for a year and he got the ring out of it. But I think after that, he kind of just won't pull the trigger on the big stuff anymore. That That is a, you know, the, what's that, that Nicholas Cage, Pedro Pascal movie, the, the unbearable oh, weight of yeah. <laughs> expectations. It's not. Yeah. It's not like the movie, but like that statement in itself is that Masai has built such a like he, he has such a there's such a reverence for his trade history that I yeah. wonder if he thinks on that and compares like the trades, the perspective trades to his yeah. past, and like is this good enough? And, you know, he looks in the mirror and he says, is this good enough for Masai Ujiri or something like that? You know, like, it's, yeah. am I meeting I the like, expectations? Yeah, I wonder if, like, say you guys are just having trouble scoring off the bench. Will he be like, I'll go get a Bones Highland or something out of nowhere? Will he do something crazy like that? Is he willing to, like, yeah. like kind of just shoot one, like, just go for something like that instead of saying that and then leaking that he might go for it and then february <laughs> passes and then it's like no nope, we didn't get bones highland that would have been a really good score off the bench though like kind of thing <laughs> it's i i really i don't know that's i i've done a couple of these you know podcasts so far and everybody's kind of like because that's the outside looking in part is i'm hearing things on my end i cover the team there's all yeah. the pascal stuff but anybody who approaches this your first question is like Hey, are they trying to trade Pascal really hard over three months and just didn't? Because that's what the reporting is. It's yeah. like it's 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 like, hey, you guys have an All NBA player. It, I'm surprised the Suns didn't get them. They're getting every All NBA <laughs> player that's out there lately. But it's that's the question for anybody approaching the team is like, hey, are you guys trading Pascal? And I, I want to ask you, do you think they'll trade him? I like I, I yes, no. Over under. I don't think so because I think what besides asking for, I think he always asks for the wildest stuff because he doesn't want to lose a trade. Like he ha he has that part of Danny Ainge in him. He's like, you're not getting me. Like <laughs> I get people, you don't get me. So I think that's what like in his head he never wants to lose a trade. And when two guys, when another guy is like that too. Things can't get done because Masai doesn't just want to win trades. He wants to win trades by a lot. And he wants to make other GMs look stupid. 
And that makes a lot of trades end up not happening. I think it's a health. The approach you want is not the, I'm never going to get got. You want Marshawn Lynch. I'm going to get got, but I'm going to get mine more than I got got though. And that's, you have to lose sometimes, but you have to be willing to go out there to, you know, to keep losing. But I guess we'll see, man. It's, it's really interesting. Masai's history, especially pre-championship, like the seven year run, every trade is a banger. Every draft selection is a banger. Like he has carte blanche for a reason. Yeah. But as far as the signings, trades, all that kind of stuff lately, um, even some of the draft selections, it had been like ho-hum. And the Raptors had a long period of time and gained a lot of fans during that time who are not used to ho-hum. And so <laughs> we're in the ho-hum days. Yeah. And we'll see if they can get it from hoeing to humming. There we go. How's how's that for a how's that for a that place to end it? That was good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad. Aaron, uh any any plugging of yourself you want to do? Um just it's gonna be a really fun season, son. So I know you guys have a Raptors pod, but locked on Suns is gonna be really fun or really dramatic. Who who knows? It depends on how the season's going. But I think me and Brandon we're gonna have a really good time. Once a week I go on there with him and we're about to talk Suns after oh, uh, every week we got media day next week so that should be pretty fun and yeah just come check us out oh yeah and you know if the, if that stand-up that comedy central ever hits we'll bring yeah. you on yeah you'll you'll there's the the joe rogan podcast circuit you're supposed to do to promote it but yeah. you're doing like the the locked on network for all the locked sports on. fans you're like you know hey i do comedy too and then somebody's like do a joke you know but um yeah aaron it's been an absolute pleasure I can't recommend the podcast enough for people who want to intake some of your comedy writing as well. You can do like Crooked Media, Take Line Show, all that good stuff. And um, yeah, you got your fingerprints all over everything. So yeah, Aaron, I try to keep doing stuff. <laughs> exactly. That's the way to, that's, that's what this, you know, industry requires for yeah. what it's worth. It's just like do <laughs> stuff and try and get paid for most of it. Yeah. That seems to be the, the consensus. But Aaron, thank you, listener. Thanks for tuning in. Lots more of these to come. I hope you enjoyed this one. And uh, yeah, we'll see you.